Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. <laughs> Oscar Bevis, IFL TV MTK Global, delighted to be joined by the Leeds Warrior, Josh Warrington. How are we, mate? Very well, very well. How are you? Very good. Even better for the fact that boxing is up and running again. Um, if you look up the definition of itchy knuckles, I'm sure you're underneath 15 months. You must just want to get in there and cave someone's head in. Long time, long time. Uh, caving in head is a bit, uh, bit violent, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, trading leather, putting, putting on them brand new eight-ounce gloves and having the little butterflies in your stomach as you're getting your hands wrapped and you know waiting for an answer to come in and or floor manager to call you to ring and uh, and then announce it to announce you to ring. It's all little buzzes and experiences that you can spar in the gym and, and uh, you know do whatever in preparation. But it's it's never the same as actually competing. Um, and you know when it when it comes, some fighters are not really comfortable comfortable with it. I'm at a stage now where I try to relish every single second of it. Um, you know, this this bubble is a, a brand new experience, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it and uh, taking it all in because we're we, we're making history right now. There's not many fighters who've been able to um, fight in this lockdown period in in bubbles and whatnot. You know, there's there's not been that many fighters who've headlined them. That's for sure. And uh, and I might headlining one of the first ones of 2021. And uh, yeah, you know, we look back at Korea. This is a bit of history. It's been a year since you signed, uh, re-signed with Matram, waltzing around Headingley, unification talks with Kanzu. Does it all just feel like ages ago? I mean, I know it's been 12 months, but in the back of my mind, when I saw Josh Orton and re-signed with Matram, it feels like a couple of years. Mate, lifetime ago, lifetime ago. Um, 2020 was a weird, weird, a weird year. It, it went pretty quick and not a lot happened for a lot of people. All right, boxing came back um, in summer, and you know, some fighters got 
a bit of action. But um felt like a weird, weird year. And yeah. I think that's just because of that was back when life was normal. When we're going around shaking everybody's hand, fist bumping, hugging. You'll you know. never shake a hand again and feel the same. <laughs> no social distancing, people going for a piss and not washing their hands, uh, no mask in sight. But uh, yeah, that's, I think that's why it felt so like so long ago. But I think because I've not been um, active in terms of you know, promoting a fight and things, it has been, um, has, has felt like a very long time. Certainly, all this initial week coming down here, I kind of forgot what fucking fight fight week does to you in terms of ment- you know your mentality and whatnot. Um, like I say, I'm enjoying it, but it's a it's a feeling that you can't force it, you can't put there until you're actually in them in in that scenario in the in the in the the face of fight week. So um, it feels like a long time ago since I, I signed, but we're back finally, and hopefully I'll be back out. You know quite often this year get the job done on Saturday and then uh, have a busy year just one more thing before I talk about um, Saturday I saw something on Sky actually where it was I'm going to say 2012 I may have got this wrong where you won your first title with the English strap against Chris Mayo and Dudley yeah. forget the fact last year feels long ago it feels like well for me growing up in that time I'm 22 now but it <laughs> feels like Josh Warrington's just been a constant in my whole boxing life as a fan like does your career feel like it's been long I'll tell you. You was old. You was old. So I would have been. I would have been. Uh, oh, this is embarrassing. Thirteen. 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 Wow, young with snapper. That makes me feel old. That. <laughs> that makes me feel old. <laughs> it's crazy that. It's crazy to think that. But um, yeah, that does feel like a lifetime ago. I mean, um, that's only like blurred, blurry memory now with that. You know that all that fighting. When I look back at the pictures of myself, wow, I look like a, a young, young boy in, in them ones. I'm not like I'm, I'm much older now, but I've got, I've got greys on my side and, uh, you know, I've got odd wrinkled crow's feet on me, on my eyes. Like, but now that, that's crazy, crazy to think that. But my career has taken different stages. So at the time, that was a massive stage. And then, you know, 2013, I remember going to uh, watch Frotch and Groves, the first one in Manchester, and thinking, wow, I would love to be. I'd love to be part of something like this, you know. If I did, if I fought in a show like this, just once in my career, I'd be an happy man. A year later, I'm headlining show, uh, me reading, me only reading in Leeds, ten times there. I've managed to get that Manchester one against Frampton, Ellen Road, and now the talks of, you know, obviously after this one and when things get back to normal, going to the states and everything else. So it's been a long career, and I think if any young fighter wants to take a bit of a lesson is uh, be patient. So I turned pro at uh, 18, near, nearly 19, and I've gone around it the long way, coming through the small shows, not rushing, English titles, British titles, Commonwealths, Europeans, and I've learned along the way. And as a fighter, looking back now, wow, I don't feel like that fighter won that English title. I mean, I look back at that and thinking, Dog shit. <laughs> not that I'm not that I'm Floyd Mayweather now, but I know I've got a lot more to my game than than I did back then, and uh, that's only coming through experience, learning, and sometimes fighters in this day and age they want to rush the craft. You know, they want to be world champions overnight. They, they turn pro with videographers, photographers, nutritionists, massage therapists, twenty sponsors on the tracksuits, 
and uh, and they've more or less made it before they've even had one pro fight. Just don't rush it, just enjoy it because uh, we're a long time retired and I think experience is the best teacher in this game. Well look, we are in the pump, should we say, the last couple of years and the couple of years to come of the Josh Warren and career. Beyond the belts is the uh, is the has the hashtag, sorry, I'm going to try and keep this a Barry Freezer, and so we're just going to go straight beyond the belts and talk about Mauricio Lara. Obviously, there is a plan in place, um, but it's all about Saturday first. Is this, it's weird because you could either look really shit against Lara and win, look really good against Lara and win, but at the end of the day, you're still going to land the fight, you just need to win. That's really what it comes down to, Oscar. And not I, that you want to look shit, by the way. No, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm glad you point that out because that is the main thing. I mean, everyone's talking about me coming back with a Big performance, making myself look good. But I've been out 15, 15 months and spot all you want. You know, there's going to be a little bit of ring rust in the first couple of rounds because, say, he's, he's been active. He's been boxing behind closed doors and it's been a while since I've been out. So, listen, I'm, I'm mentally very, very strong, focused. Sparring's been fantastic. Training's been fantastic. But when they have little gloves on and you've got them a little bit of flutters in the first couple of rounds, you don't know, it's going to get... Um, uh, you know, not going to say get used to because I'm 35 deep over 11 years, but just a little reminded of what this is about, and uh, it's always a little bit different when you when you're punching someone, you know, connecting to their head and their skull with them little gloves on because you feel everything. And when you're sparring, I'm sparring 16 ounce gloves, and I'm, I eat eight egg guards, you know, I egg guards solid. All right, you can hit my nose and stuff, but you've got that much padding on your gloves that you know don't come through the gloves normally. But when you put them eight ounces on. Man, you can feel the little facial structure through through them gloves, so you've got to get used to all that stuff here for a split second, and then uh, and then yeah, just just get ourselves into it. But the main thing is, like you say, is getting the W. Obviously, I want to fucking put a performance on. I'm hitting very very hard at this moment in time. Like talking about experience, I've grown and grown and grown, and I'm super strong at the minute. Um, and I've, I think that's that's shown in my sparring. Um, it's about doing it on the night, and and and. Listen, I'm, I'm confident that the way that things will go, he won't see the final bell. I don't think he's done 12 rounds that well before. And uh, obviously everyone knows I can, I've, I can hold an pace for 12 rounds. I've done it many a times. It is all about winning and obviously I want to f- win, in, win in style. But um, I'm going to make sure I don't look, don't look past. That is the main thing. Don't get carried away thinking about, you know, what could come after. Because ultimately... This guy's got no fucking pressure on his shoulders. He's got a massive opportunity. He's meant to lose anyway. If he wins, he's, a, he's, he's, he's all like a superstar from wherever he comes from overnight. His life's changing. If he loses, he was meant to lose. Like, like say, for me, the pressure is that, you know, if you win, well, you know, we're a bit, bit shit that, Josh, you know. So, yeah, if you've got to, I think me just staying focused, I'm going on a bit now, but me just staying focused and sticking to the game plan will produce the results that I want. I was going to say, I've had to change arm a couple of times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, since. I <laughs> bought myself then. I thought I'm asleep over there. <laughs> Is it, um, have you seen him in the flesh yet? Is he as big as he looked? Because I know that when he was filmed turning up yesterday, it looked like he was wearing about eight puffer jackets. He looked like a blown up cruiser. Yes. Like, when I seen that, I, I think I let a little fart out when I seen that. <laughs> it looks massive, I thought. Jesus, they've picked me a decent one. There's a Spanish fella ranked um, five in IBF rankings. Dog shit. I swear, I'll say that on camera now. It doesn't look great. Bring his fight for the European title. I thought, why didn't they get me in? 
And they give me this guy, like absolute giant Mexican, who's gonna come for a hard night, knows how to fight. But then I seen him earlier on uh, come out lift, and he'd give me a little fist bump. Obviously, mutual respect, not no fucking hatred against him, he's got an opportunity. And he uh, he had a few layers on, but he didn't look big. So, yeah, I think it were, uh, I think it's a cold. It comes from sunny Mexico, and it's brass monkeys out there. It's probably snowing and all sorts, so probably not used to it. And I don't know, is it a weird fight week for you as well? Because you've been in fights recently where perhaps minus the cooch, which is obviously a mandatory, but Frampton, Selby, you know, massive fights where people will focus on that. And now you've yeah. got people like us, I'm guilty of it, the media are guilty of it. We want to talk about Kanzu. Yeah. We want to talk about Kid Galad, of course. So is it a narrative, a different fight week narrative for you where people are perhaps asking you about things that you're trying to block out? No, because obviously it's your job, isn't it? It's your job and... Uh, and also, it's my job to just keep on doing what I'm doing, and obviously, you build into them bigger fights down the line, and it's what brings excitement. Um, you know, I'm not gonna fucking be a Conor McGregor and go Mystic Mac on you and say, "This is what I'm gonna do, and this is what I'm gonna do." But for me, I know to keep professional-led. You know, um, answer the questions I need to to do. Um, no, no, no point am I getting to a stage where I'm starting to overlook because that's dangerous and I realise how dangerous that is. Listen, I've built this guy up to be a, a monster. I've built him up to be a monster. Ever since he was announced, I mean, we were training for a monster fight anyway with, with Kanju. And uh, and then obviously he pulled out with about five weeks to go and we had to change, but at no point have I ever dropped off. Everything's stayed the same in intensity in the gym. The training schedule stayed the same. And I felt myself changing as well at home over the last few weeks kind of had the horse on. I felt myself getting a bit agitated easily and uh, I know that's because my fight head's going on. So I had taken this guy lightly whatsoever and obviously it's a dangling carrot for myself. Get through this fight and there's so much more to, to come. You know, ring magazine belts, fights with the likes of Gary Russell, Navaretti, all there to be had. But yeah, like I say, it's, it's this one and I do it to myself, mate. I, like I say, I, I build him up. I build him up in my own mind. That's it. Obviously, we'd love to have the point where you're selling out the arena, perhaps Ellen Road, wherever, and this fight happens, you win, you knock him out, and we can push Kanzu in the ring, and he might be a bit intimidated, and you can go head-to-head, -head and he can try and stick the nut in. We ain't going to get that. Um, <laughs> but is it to the point where, like, eyes are dotted and T's are crossed, or is, is there still developments to be had? Like, could there be a flip turn, and you don't fight Kanzu? which I suppose is the point of this Beyond the Belts thing, but is it done, McKenzie? I, I do believe so, you know, we had a good set, sit down with Eddie and obviously put your trust into your, into your team, into your promotion team, into your management team. And, uh, you know, from what I made, and I don't look too much into it because obviously I've got this one to focus on, but I think they've got something to tell me, or do the job on uh, on Saturday night. I feel like this one is kind of like the Tukuch one, like my last fight, because with my previous promoter, we were at a stage where the date got announced for the fight, and then everyone seen that it would touch when they thought it was going to be Shakur Stevenson. Everyone was a little bit disappointed, but it was like, get through this one, the dream's still alive, that are constantly negotiating with it. This time around, I feel like, get through this one, and it's we're definitely going to be walking into a, um, a, a real big one, right? So, obviously, there is that pressure, but it means that you've got to win that just a bit more. So, like you say, when you're looking past, you know that it won't happen if you fucking don't get your arm raised on the night. So you know, I, I like that pressure, and I think I thrive under that pressure when I had pressure to, to fight 
Lee Selby, fresh at fight, Carl Frampton, I'm going to get me ass handed to me in them fights. Callard were a little bit different because it was rivalry, but it would have pressure, I had this kind of weird pressure when I boxed a coach and I produced a second round KO. So, not saying that that's going to be the same there, but you know, it brings, brings the best out of me. Josh Warrington predicts second round knockout of Mauricio. Now, um, and obviously, Josh Warrington behind closed doors as well. A lot will be made about the mad support you have. And looking at your style, it's easy to sit there and, from afar and go, oh, Josh steams into people because he's got loads of people going, he's in the background. I take it that's obviously not why, you know, they're not in the gym when you're practicing this sort of stuff. But um, is it going to be something you have to get your head around a bit, I suppose? Because I just asked you, when was the last time you weren't the main man? And you said in Germany yeah. on the Arthur Abraham Paul Smith undercard. And that was a long time ago. So you've been the main man. You've been the man that's been backed for years and years. So is it going to be a strange format at the start? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit different, you know. I've learned over the years to switch on at a certain point. There used to be times when I first come onto the big stage where I'd arrive at the venue and I'd be shy, well not shy at myself, but I just had a bit of the bit of the jittery nerves there because you think, oh, it's here now, everyone's turned up, blah, blah, blah. And you used to get start working up. I've been changing rooms, like not saying a word to anybody. Stayed down, staring at my hands when it's getting wrapped and just getting up every two minutes, shadow boxing. Now I don't spend as, as long, you know, uh, the venue. I, I, I tried to get there about an hour and a half before the fight. That's all I need. And I know how to switch on when I'm walking through corridors, come out, and then I'm about to walk to the ring and I see people. That's when I switch on. Obviously, it's going to be different looking around, not having people singing marching together. When I get in the ring, I'm not going to look down at ringside and, and have that motion. When I see people's faces ringside and they're there with you, when they're looking up at you in their eyes and they're, you know, they're, they're there with you, they want to win as bad as you. I'm not going to have that. It's going to be different, but ultimately, when the first bell goes, our sprinkler's going anyway. And I think over the years of you know, working on it mentally, experience, I kind of know when to, to switch on and switch off. From, from the crowd and there's been times when I felt like I've just boxed in the empty hall anyway when I've been that focused on the fight um, and there's been times when I've relished in the crowd for instance you know parts of the Selby fight parts of the Frampton fight you know you really look to the crowd in in them kind of fights but um, like I say I think I'm professional enough to to, uh, to just focus on the job in hand you know make sure the Gandhi over there starts just Chucking pints and that as I'm walking to the ring, and then I, I'll feel like I'm at home. And I did say I wanted to keep it a free zone, but I'm just going to quickly ask this. We know your biggest critic's going to be on Saturday night. You're an idiot if you don't. Um, do you feel like not prove a point? Because obviously, you've done a job on Kid Callahan before, you know, and the boxing world knows you've beaten him, it's no secret. But we know he's going to be your biggest critic. Do you almost want to put someone out there where it backs people and critics, maybe not just him, into a corner where they're like, oh shit, he actually did look good, and I can't really say shit about that because he did look pretty good. No, because even if I did look good I and mean, I blast him out in the first 30 seconds, it, it don't matter. There's always going to have something to, to say because without myself, again, I don't go on Conor McGregor a red panty day, but it's fucking irrelevant. And it's like, no, I did made a point when we were doing a, uh, some interview of the day that when we were fighting, I think purse bids went higher into millions, you know, 1.6 million. And uh, this recent recent one, the only one bidder. So, <laughs> just goes to show, he's, Gaze's career is focused on around me. And, you know, it's kind of irrelevant without 
you know, his big paydays and everything else. It's just, you know, he uses me to, to build his platform by causing some kind of rivalry. You know, this Yorkshire rivalry, Leeds Sheffield rivalry, which is fucking not there. It's not there because I've beat him three times altogether in my career as a boxer, twice as amateur, once as a professional. And for me, it's done. And I'm going to be fucking remembered for fight, just fighting Selby or Frampton or Gallad. You know, I want to be adding the other names to me, to me, to my resume. And uh, yeah, he's obviously he's going to say whatever, but I don't give a fuck about what he says. To be honest with you, he can do whatever he wants. You know, I, I can sleep at night. He probably must. He says to uh, other people, "Fucking hell, I'm in." Like, there's obviously going to sound like that. Uh, I'm living. I'm living in Josh Warren and Zed rent, rent free, and you got fucking all others, others in his gym. Oh, you are Barry. Oh, you are fucking Bell Piper. All he does on Twitter is talk about me. That is all he fucking does. But yet, when we sat from here to that post, and there's not a fucking single soul between us, don't say fuck all to me there. Put a camera in front. Oh, say your piece now. We're man to man. When there's nobody else around, say it to me face. Right there and then, we can have the talk there. I can sleep at night because I know what he said to me after the fight. You know, I don't want to embarrass him. I know what he said to me after the fight. He was just happy to get paid. He knew he got beat. Dom knew he got beat. So, all this shit is just fucking hype. But I think, I think fuck, I've had critics in my life. You know, when I started coming through, I was just a ticket seller. I'm feather fisted. I'm going to get my head punched in by Lee Selby. I know he's going to dance rings around me. I've had it all fucking my career from those who don't follow me. You're only there because it leads fans. You're only there because of this. You're going to get found out. You know, Frampton's going to box you in. Blah, blah. Fucking hell. You're always going to be there. Now the, the next little wave is Barry's little cheerleaders. But I say, look on the records. Josh Warrington beats Kid Gallard. There it is. Happy. <laughs> when you've got an enemy, it's always like nice to frustrate them. And um, I suppose the opportunity could come around again. He could beat Jazza Dickens and then you beat Kanzu. And I know we're sort of trying to pan into the future a bit there, but the opportunity could come up for you two to fight again. Do you feel like as a rival, you sort of, because you have the number on him, you almost want to take away the chance for him to get the fight again? Or, you know, is it something that could happen next year? Because there is a path there where you and him could unify. There is a pathway, but ideally it's not, it's not my radar no more. He would on my radar against um, if I still have had the title. If you listen to Buy the Box Shoe and then beat him, and he obviously they'd have been calling for it then, then would have sat down and considered it because I beat him first time and it wasn't even the best of nights to be fair. And I still beat him. Beat him in his own fucking game. Do you know? It's. I mean, just look back, break down on that fight. Fucking got two warnings in the first two rounds and they've got another warning for the rest of it. If another point taken off, change its course at fight. It's like I'm not on that mission no more. I've done it. I don't need to have. There's other fights out there. The, the featherweight division is red hot. The super featherweight division is red hot. You've got Gary Russell, Kanju, Navaretti. You've got fucking Oscar Valdez, Leo Santa Cruz, um, Joseph Diaz Jr. There's six names right there and then, and it's constantly being added to. Barry from Sheffield just don't have the same fucking ring to it as the rest of, the, of them other names. So that's it, mate. Listen, he could do whatever he wants, go win another belt, but that fight is not on my radar. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast. 
sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.